What's up, guys? My name is Garrett. My co-host is Andrew, and this is the Highly Undisputed Fantasy Football Podcast. Week two in the books. Week of bad defense. I will say so- your best intro. Sorry to interrupt. Was the it was the first one you ever did? Oh yeah, I, that was not the first one I ever did. First of all, and if you interrupt me again in the intro, like we're gonna have a problem <laughs> live two, on the air. Two weeks in a row. No, this is three weeks in a row. Anyways, before I was so rudely interrupted, hopefully all the listeners in our podcast picked up a win in week two. Hopefully they didn't have to play against Derrick Henry. But as always on the show, we've got waiver pickups, injuries. We're going to discuss who's hot, who's not, who to pick up, who to drop. Uh, That was good. I I, like that. I know it's good. I know what I'm doing here. It's just, it's... My name is Garrett. My co-host is Andrew. It's just a little. It's a little funny. I liked it. Sorry, I don't slur my words in the opening of a podcast. Hey, I've like never got any complaints. I would just say this was a huge week for me. I was down uh, thirty or twenty-nine points going into Monday night, and Aaron Jones, Big Daddy Aaron, getting me four touchdowns and what, hundred and ten scrimmage yards, something like that. Yeah. Coming in clutch, one the one week by seven, seven point two. I'm 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 sitting pretty. I'm happy. Uh, I also had to play against Derrick Henry because yeah, he traded Devontae Adams and Naheem Hines away for for Derrick Henry. So I yeah. thought we weren't going to slander anybody on this. Oh, podcast. I'm, I did a little bit of slandering. I just we said last week don't don't panic. This is just an example. We said last week don't panic. Trade Derrick Henry away as I was trying to get Derrick Henry in every single league I could after the the poor week one performance. And he goes off for, what, four touchdowns and 186 yards? Something along those lines, yeah. It was about yeah. four touchdowns. I think it was 186. So if, sounds right. if you are one of the people that traded away Derrick Henry, just just let it be known for future reference that, it, that week one, and even week two, doesn't, doesn't matter. It's just such a small sample size that you can't over-exaggerate good or bad performances at that point, unless they are number one players that, that put up 48 points. 50, 50 points in ESPN leagues, actually. But what do you want to talk about first? You want to do injuries, recap of the week? Let's start off with some questions. I think, right. I think there's a few that we need to get to. My first one would be, is it time to give up on Mike Davis? Pretty unproductive week for the Falcons running back. This is really two weeks in a row now where basically he's been overshadowed by Corderell Patterson, and we're going to discuss him later. But... He was a player that was drafted usually around in the 60s or the 70s in a lot of leagues and some higher. Is it time to cut bait and at least make a trade with him and sell him off for what you whatever you can get? Or do you write, do you write the ship on him? I, I definitely don't think you can cut Mike Davis because... No, you can't cut Mike Davis. Yes. I'm saying he, you got to trade him. Yeah, I, I, if you can find somebody that can is willing to to trade for Mike Davis and give you decent profit back, maybe not even profit, just equal value, go for it. But, I mean, yeah, as of right now, if I have Mike Davis, who luckily I didn't actually end up being able to draft, even though I was so high on him in drafts, you just need to be able to either, A, hopefully you have another flex, or B, trade him away. But I don't know if I can be completely done on Mike Davis. Cordero Patterson is not somebody that I'm looking at right now as... A 100%, like, this guy is the guy. I get it. He's been a three-down back, or a third-down back, a goal-line back for the Falcons, but that still doesn't change my thought on Mike Davis being at least a little bit of an important asset to that team. I think I completely agree. 
I, I'm lower on Mike Davis than you are, and I think I was lower on Mike Davis anyways to start the season. I, I thought he was, you know, valuable, but I wasn't utilizing him as a top three running back on my on my team. I just couldn't see it. I didn't think it was going to be a Falcons offense that was going to just hammer the ball away. You know, they were they're going to have to throw it. Their defense is not good. Obviously, they have gotten it just poured on two weeks in a row. And Cordero Patterson, like he's a good pass catcher. You know, he he's he's not a route runner, but he can catch passes if you get him in space and he can make things happen. So we're going to talk about him in the waivers, but you know, he's someone that's going to take away volume from Mike Davis. So personally, if I'm a Mike Davis owner, I'm trying to sell low on him right now. I just don't need that guy on my roster where I'm considering starting him every single week. Because every single week you're going to get to him and you're going to be like, well, you know, I used a sixth round pick on him. I got to start him. No, you you really just need to get rid of him so you're not contemplating that. I would take what I could get for him and move on. Let's use an example of what you and I just did prior to this podcast. Garrett came to me and he said, hey, you have, I have, I had Michael Gallup and Jarvis Landry on my team, two, two players that are on the IR, and Garrett just needed a solid wide receiver three to fill out his roster, like a plug-and-play guy as, as much as it possibly can be, and I needed a tight end. And Garrett has fallen off of, of Dallas Goddard. Like he, he doesn't want to have to think about his tight end position. He'll just he'll play. I'll take the freaking zero if yeah. I have to. And I needed a tight end, so we were like, all right, well, let's make this very low-end trade that, that helps the both of us. And it was, what, Gerald Everett and Michael Gallup for Sammy Watkins and Dallas, Dallas Goddard. Goddard. Yep. Like, just look look for something like that. Just something that will help your team build depth. Yes, it sucks that you probably drafted Mike Davis as your running back three, but I just don't really think that you can cut him just go for those low-end trades i mean to be honest a player i'd be trying to acquire maybe is chase edmonds who's had kind of a rough start to the season and maybe you can get someone to make that swap with you you know someone in that range maybe a sony michelle trade depending on daryl henderson's status for the upcoming next couple weeks you know just somebody that's gonna at least not burn you in the long run but your take you might take a loss if james white is available in your league for trade I would be trying to acquire James White. That might be someone that can put up similar numbers to Mike Davis, but you are comfortable not starting him. Or try to package like Mike Davis and like a low-end wide receiver, like a wide receiver three or a low-end wide receiver two, and try to get maybe a Damian Harris or... I wouldn't give up Damian Harris. Or try, yeah, yeah well, no, I, I understand at least what like you're start throwing offers out there for... Maybe running backs that have been a little bit inconsistent, like Damian Harris, he fumbled in week one and then just, just went for, what, I think 13 points because he had that touchdown in week two? Yeah, I think he had uh, 19 carries for 88 yards and a touchdown. Yeah, so try to get these 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 better running backs than Mike Davis and try to give up a little bit of depth. Depth is important, don't get me wrong, but when you have so much of it, it becomes useless because... There's eventually gets to the point where some of these guys you just aren't able to start and you never will be able to, but they can be used on other teams. Week three is about the time where I'm starting to look and say, all right, well, you need a wide receiver. I need X, Y, Z. Let's make a let's make it a minuscule trade that means absolutely nothing in the long run, but helps us fill our rosters out for the better. Sticking with the same kind of scenario, is it time to sell on Alvin Kamara? Um, yeah. 
I I'm a little 50-50 on that because at the same time I was trying to trade for Alvin Kamara today. But if you are a guy that Alvin Kamara is by far your number one running back, and which is I'm sorry for you because he hasn't been performing like a number one running back, then yes, it is time for you to sell on Alvin Kamara. But if you're a guy that has Alvin Kamara and uh, uh, the next one, running back too, say you have Alvin Kamara and you somehow got Najee Harris in the second round, then no, you can probably keep Alvin Kamara. But if you need depth at the running back position and you need to fill your, your starting lineup to look better, then yes, absolutely, it is time to sell on Alvin Kamara. I think people would be willing to give up a lot for Alvin Kamara still, and I think you could get a pretty solid package for him. I'm, I was low on him anyways because, again, I, I was out on the Jameis thing. He's not a check-down guy. He never has been. We saw it this week. He couldn't help himself. He, he was throwing it down the field into just bad coverage, and you know he went after it, and it, it's going to burn them. And Kamara, they fell behind this week, and they couldn't use Kamara. They just couldn't get him going. And I, I would be out personally if I had him. And it helped me because I played Alvin Kamara this week, and I think he finished with 3.8 fantasy points. So really appreciate that. Thank you. I'll take that one to the bank. My next question would be, can you t- trust Jonathan Taylor if Carson Wentz is not available? I think so. You think? Okay. That's, I, we don't even need to go into it. Strictly just Carson Wentz, first of all, how do you sprain both your ankles? How is that even possible? You sprained both your ankles. That's Carson Wentz fashion, though. Like the, it's not like, oh, I tweaked one of my ankles. I have to sit this week. Like, no, I'm going to go over the top and somehow tweak both of my ankles and potentially have to miss two weeks for the both of them. So if you sprain both of your ankles, is it still considered limping or is that just walking at that point? I think it's walking with style. Is it walking with style? Because, I mean, if they're both sprained, you can't be limping because one is a limp because you can see the limp. If they're both injured, like, I don't even know how you handle that. What is the protocol? Realistically, it's Carson Wentz, so he's probably not even walking. He's riding in a wheelchair right now. Sprained ankles are huge for him. It's just, he is the most brittle and just unbelievably weird quarterback ever. Everything he does is a complete disaster. Basically, with the Colts, I think everybody becomes like unplayable in the Colts, Colts offense. I, I would other say, than Jonathan Taylor, yeah, I think because Jonathan Taylor doesn't play a huge part in the passing game. And through, I mean, through week two, he's had eight targets and, and seven receptions. But, but I also think this this bumps him down to an RB two. Like he becomes an RB two now. You you can't utilize him as an RB one. I don't think you could have really if he was your RB one. You better have a very good wide receiver. That if. Well, you you would have taken him at the bottom of the second round, most likely. Oh, bottom of the first, middle of the second. That's kind somewhere of the in there, yeah. So in. I mean, you're going to have a a pretty respectable number two option at whatever position that is. Yeah. But I mean, but yeah, I don't think he can be an RB one without Wentz on. The oh field. no, yeah. Because, I'm sorry, Jacob Beeson is not dangerous enough to <laughs> warrant defenses not paying attention to Jonathan Taylor. It's just not going to happen. I completely agree. All right, let's go through some of the injuries. You have the list. You can yeah. Let's give an update on our teams really fast. We I kind of okay. did that, but we were zero and one last week. We we told you guys trust us. Like we're good. We're gonna stick through this. And now you're listening to two one and one fantasy football hosts. Two totally different Monday night football experiences. Oh yeah, two. Like, I had to sit there up twelve points, wondering if DeAndre Swift was gonna score a touchdown and beat me, and he did not beat me. And you had to sit there. And 
wait and hope and pray that Aaron Jones got that fourth touchdown to win the game for you. I mean, just two miserable ways to spend Monday night. Yes. I did not enjoy Monday. I mean, obviously, that Monday night football game was a joke. Anytime it's Packers-Lions, just, God, shoot me. But to have to sit there, I, this is why I hate Monday night football because of the fantasy thing. I can't do it when there's players involved. Whenever there's players involved in Monday night football, it, it makes the games just too stressful. But it's me. so much worse than that. Because as we said when we introed you guys to what our league is and how the scoring works, quarterbacks score a shit ton of points. So I had to sit through a Sunday night football game because Lamar Jackson is my quarterback and a Monday night football game for Aaron Jones. Down 90 points because Derrick Henry scored 50 on me this week. So my Sunday and Monday night football experiences this week were just absolutely horrible and then Lamar Jackson comes out the gate and throws two interceptions in the first quarter and I just wanted to turn the game off I think I messaged you at halftime like do we really have do I really have to watch this game are we really going to talk about it this week because I just didn't want to watch it anymore it was just a terrible experience and I don't like it so before we jump into the next thing I saw this thing today our league is the scoring in our league is stupid it's it's almost dumb the way that the scoring works and how players just can have 70 and it's normal. I saw a league today on ESPN.com. I got posted. Actually, it was in the Austin Eckler tweet, which if you have Austin Eckler on your team and you win your fantasy league, tweet at Austin Eckler with a photo of you winning the league and tell him that you won your league because of him and yeah, you winning might get a week. signed jersey. But anyways, someone posted their their week win and the score of the week was 3,076 to... 3055. How does that work? The way their scoring is set, it is point it's PPR and then it's 1 point per, per yard. 1 point? 1 point per yard. So Cooper Cup rushing, think, receiving and rushing, passing. Rushing, receiving, passing. Yes. Holy shit. So basically everybody score it. So here's what doesn't make sense to me. So if you if you have 117 yards, you have 117 points. Or you'd actually have more than that in PPR, but that's the same as eleven point seven. So why do we why did, why is this league have to have in the hundreds when they could just have in the that bigger makes no number sense equals to me. better? That's why apparently. So those guys definitely walk around with triple XL jock straps because that's how <laughs> they they have they're supposed to have double X small. But they walk around with triple XL because they just think they're big and bad with their scoring. So whoever you are that I saw on Twitter, congratulations. You have a massive chode in your mind. That's that's where I got to go with that. This is the most kid show I think I've ever had to say. I, I was really just, pissed off when I saw that today. It bothered me. We need to go back and add in a warning before that. <laughs> just, that was a little bit All right, take us, take us into the injuries. This for extensive week list of injuries. Wide receiver of the Browns, Jarvis Landry, is dealing with an MCL sprain and is now on IR, expected to come back week seven against the Cardinals. Dolphins quarterback Tua Tungo-Vailoa has a groin injury, is day-to-day. I'm expecting Jacoby Brissett to be the quarterback. I don't know about you. I would I would agree. Also, on that note, I think if Jacoby Brissett is the quarterback, any Dolphins players become unstartable. I agree. Okay. I'm glad you agree with that. Vikings running back Dalvin Cook seems fine in and out of the week two game, but if you're a Dalvin Cook owner or a past Dalvin Cook owner, you just know that that's kind of the norm. 
that how fun is that watching that guy go into the tent every He like went into the tent two, <laughs> two times and still finished the game and is going to start week three. It was like every 12 plays, they're lifting the tent over his head. And I'm like, okay, so he was just rolling around on the ground like someone shot him. And we thought his ACL was gone. And then he's back out on the field getting a four-yard game. Like That was the wildest fantasy performance I've seen out of a lot of players. Because it's like... Fantasy owners go from Jesus Christ, my season is over to holy shit, he's back on the field. I still got a chance. Like it was the most, and we obviously watched the game with a with a Dalvin Cook owner. And every time he gets he goes down, it's like burying your hands in your face. And every single person in that room that we watched that game with has had Dalvin Cook on their team at some point in his career. And every single one of us understood that feeling. As the Dalvin Cook owner of last year and the year before that in a completely different league. I know exactly 100% what all of you Dalvin Cook owners are going through. You'll be fine. Trust me. Whenever I At this point, if Dalvin Cook isn't going to the tent at least once a game, something's wrong and I'm worried. So he's better off getting fake hurt that you if he if he didn't get hurt in a game, you would feel worse. Yes, you would feel worse if he wasn't rolling around in agony on the ground. Yeah, because I okay. think it's I think it's kind of just like Guys, just pay attention to me. Like, just know I'm still here. And then two plays later, I'm going to come back out and rush for 40 yards and a touchdown. It's just Dalvin Cook. Nothing to worry about in my mind. Moving on, Steelers wide receiver Deontay Johnson has a knee issue. I think I saw day-to-day. What? Again, he, <laughs> he looked like he was dead. Oh, he looked I thought, like he I was dead. ACL gone, and it was on a pointless play. If you listen to the podcast that came out on Tuesday... You know, we already talked about it. He looked like he was dead. I was shocked that it wasn't an ACL. I honestly thought he Joe burrowed his knee. I'm very happy to see that he's not. it's not a severe injury, not even just because he's on my team, but I hate to see that happen to any player in general, especially on a pointless play like that. I saw day-to-day. I don't think he's going to play week three. If he does, I don't expect I, 100% value. I saw that his availability was murky, was the okay. word that was used on him, so... I don't expect him to play, so Juju, expect maybe some more targets out of him and Chase Claypool, maybe a little Pat Fryer music. I'll tell you, we'll talk about Juju a little bit later. All right, good. Um, Russell Gage has an ankle issue, monitor it lightly. Russell Gage hasn't really been a viable fantasy option to begin with, but... Big mistake. That is is whatever. He was someone I was banging the drum for, and that has not panned out. Amari Cooper, uh, status is murky for week three with a bruised rib. He got through the Cowboys game. I don't think he's going to play week three. I just That's just a feeling I'm getting in my gut. Bears quarterback Andy Dalton is dealing with a knee issue. He has been announced out for week week three. Justin Fields is the starter. Short, Take that. Week, short week. I mean, that's going to be a tough game for either team, honestly, to be – if you have any fantasy players, they have the Thursday game. No, they don't. Isn't the Bears? Don't the Bears play no. on Thursday night? Panthers, Saints, or Panthers, um, Texans. Texans oh, okay. Thursday night. Sorry, my apologies. I thought the Bears had the Thursday game this it, week. Even even if the, I mean, if they had the Thursday game, he definitely wasn't starting. But I've, he's already been announced out, and and Fields is the starter. So, if you have Allen Robinson, I don't know how to feel about that yet. I need to see how Week Three goes with Justin Fields getting every single rep. We will let you know next week about how that goes. Uh, Rams running back Daryl Henderson is dealing with a rib issue. I think he's going to play. I haven't seen anything to judge otherwise, but he is still day-to-day. 
I think he's going to play, but the re-injuries on those are so high that I could see him re-injuring the rib in the game and that being a problem. So if I have Daryl Henderson, I'm monitoring that closely. And if I see a questionable above his I'm not name playing him. Sunday, I'm not playing him. I need to see that he at least practices this week. If he doesn't practice, I probably would be sitting him. Yeah. Um, we already talked about Carson Wentz. He's out with two sprained ankles. 49ers running backs are hurt. All of them. Pick a single name. Uh, oh, God. The the one that everybody picked up last. Elijah, Elijah Mitchell. Mitchell. I don't know why the names. We get to this podcast, and I can't remember names of anybody. It's really bad. Elijah Mitchell... It sounds like he's going to be okay. He's going to play this week, even though he's dealing with a shoulder injury. But they said it shouldn't be t- that big of a deal. So those of you that spent $96 on him as a pickup, like you can breathe a sigh of relief. Like He should be okay. But what a disastrous weekend for Monitor the, the situation as a whole. I know Trey Sermon has been known to be out. He has a concussion. He should have missed one to two weeks. So that boosts Elijah Mitchell up even more. Tyrod Taylor could miss four weeks with a hamstring issue. Davis Mills. Rookie for rookie fourth round quarterback out of Stanford is getting the start, and I am not starting a single Texans until I know what Davis Mills can do in that offense. That means Brandon Cooks, who's had two very good weeks in fantasy, not starting him. Especially against a Panthers defense, though, on a Thursday night. That has looked very good. That's a pretty tough situation to put a rookie quarterback in, and Brandon Cooks. Like he's probably going to draw J.C. Horn. I I don't like that matchup for him, considering he's a burner. Jaguars tight end James O'Shaughnessy has an ankle issue. Uh, I'm I'm think I've seen already that Chris Manhurst is the starter. Doesn't really matter. Does he have any fantasy relevance whatsoever? He was actually looking good week one. He okay. was looking like a viable. Right. He could become a viable streaming option in, in fantasy. Nico Collins hurt his shoulder. It's another Texans wide receiver. Didn't matter anyway with Davis Mills starting. And Ben Roethlisberger has a pec injury, which I didn't see until today. That just got announced like four hours ago. Okay. So you weren't like late on that. It just was kind of swept under the carpet. Mike Tomlin announced it in the press conference, but I'm pretty sure Roethlisberger is going to be okay. I'm not sure if it's his throwing side or not. They really were undisclosed with that. If he doesn't play, immediately all wide receiving options are unstartable, in my opinion. I mean, yes. your backup is Dewey, right? It's Dewey Haskins. Yeah, I'm not starting anybody. If he's I the think starter. he's the number two option. I, it's either him or it's it's. I don't even want to. think Maybe about they should it. just have Najee throw the ball. Yeah, that, I'd be I happy feel like with that. that. I I think Juju can throw too. He's got a little bit of that trick shot kind of thing in him. Yeah, that's it for injuries. And I say that's it. Like that was a lot. But I, you I'm know, there wasn't any major injuries this week. But it was all guys that affect somebody else. Every single one of those injuries was like, okay, well that affects three other guys on that team easily like every Colts receiver if Carson Wentz doesn't play is completely unplayable like if you're one of those people that picked up Zach Pascal well congratulations he's worthless now Michael I mean, Pittman, he didn't even play last week but yeah Michael Pittman Michael, Michael is Pittman. Be a huge pickup after his 123 yard yeah. game last can't week. touch him now you no. just can't you can't trust it so speaking of waiver pickups that's what we're going to move on to next the top target I think we should all agree on this it's Rondell Moore can can we agree on that he should be the number one waiver pickup in most leagues. Based on percentages uh, owned in, in ESPN leagues, well, yes. let me give you that. It is He is currently owned in 24% of ESPN leagues. The last two weeks, he's had five and eight targets in both games with an average of about 70 to 75 yards. Listen, they're going to find ways to get the guy... Sp- you know, get the guy in space. He's the number two in that in that offense. I, I wouldn't go that far, but I feel like that offense has a number one, 
and then, and then it a has two A two B, a two A two B with Kirk as the guy you want. But Rondale Moore is the explosive flat flash play, and you can flex him in a pinch. I think anytime you can get him in your flex is probably a good move. I agree. Okay, you're gonna have to help me with this next name, Quintez Cephas. I got that right, correct? Yes. All right, Quintez Cephas. I picked him up second on the team in targets for the Lions, a team that's going to have to throw the football a lot. They're just going to be down. I think they're solid, but they're still going to be trailing a lot. It's only rostered in 0.9% of ESPN fantasy leagues. Should be in more. I agree. It's it, it is, should at least be 50%. And it's not even just to start him right away. It's this guy if Terrell Williams is out, he is the number 2 option in that offense. And the number one is, t- uh, is TJ Hawkinson, and we've seen lately that, that, I mean, tight ends can be stopped if the defense is run right, but, I mean, it doesn't really matter. It's the Lions to begin with. Well, he's a, he's a good deep threat, and anytime you're a deep threat that is also a red zone target, like, you're bound to get at least one big catch a game or something. You're not going to get completely blanketed, especially in an offense like that that doesn't have a true number one. You know, they're not going to put Jalen Ramsey on him. Jalen Ramsey is going to shadow and he's not just going to take one guy away. So in that situation, definitely should be rostered if you're in a deep league. I mean, a 10-team league, you might not need him. But in a deep league, 14-team, definitely needs to be on somebody's team. This one I think we're going to disagree on a little bit. J.D. McKissick. He's 48% of ESPN Fantasy Leagues. And here's the, here's the case for it. Ryan Fitzpatrick is not a check-down guy. J.D. McKissick is a check-down back. Taylor Heineke loves to check it down he's very good at the check down he also likes to get mckissick out and running mckissick just like antonio gibson former college wide receiver very good pass catcher very good route runner he was involved in over 60 percent of their offense last week that number could go up because it was a short week they had to get heineke back in the groove i think he should at least be rostered in 80 percent of espn leagues I'm not going to disagree with you, but I just uh, who are you dropping for JD McKissick? Where where does the line start of players for you to to pick up JD? Well, I mean, I I don't know what people have on their roster, but Michael Carter. I think right now I would take JD McKissick. Okay, I would because Michael Carter. It seems like they're really honed in on splitting. Zach Moss. They haven't even scored a touchdown yet for the Jets. So, Zach Moss, if I had to start one, I would start J.D. McKissick over Zach Moss. But as far as rostering, I'd probably roster Zach Moss over J.D. McKissick. I think the upside for McKissick is a lot higher than Moss. But if I just need somebody on my bench that you know I can count on on my bench, I'd probably go with Moss. Okay. I... Uh... I would not be picking up JD McKissick in any of my leagues. Be just I mean, just because I don't have the spot to. I'm not going to disagree with you where if you have a a deep league and you have a running back that's just sitting on it. If you have an AJ Dillon sitting on your bench and you are not the Aaron Jones yes, owner, that's, that's a perfect drop example. AJ Dillon yes. and pick up JD McKissick because Antonio Gibson is non existent in that pass that as a pass option in that offense. It's it's strictly JD McKissick. So, yes, there I will agree with you. If it is not a deeper league and you are stuck to, like our league, if you're stuck to four running backs, for the most part, you're probably not going to be able to pick up J.D. McKissick because 
14 teams at four running backs each, maybe, and let, but I, I just don't see it working. Well, and here's the other thing. You know, the, the Ron Rivera offense, or it's not even really his offense, but his teams have always carried two running backs. And a lot of times, there was two fantasy viable running backs in those offenses. See, D'Angelo Williams, Jonathan Stewart. Like, that was the last time we saw it, really. But there was both two guys. Oh, it was that Latavius were- and, and uh, Alvin. Wasn't that the, the big one, or Mark Ingram and Alvin Kamara? No. When did he ever have those? Thought there players? was a two-headed giant. Oh, Ron you're talking Rivera. about playing with those Ron two players. Rivera. Oh, okay, sorry. Ron Rivera misheard on the Panthers. Ron Rivera. You're right. You're right. I mean, come on. I just I'm blanked a little bit. All right. Well, get with it. So, anyways, you know, Ron Rivera has been a player or a player, a coach that likes to utilize two back sets, and he's going to utilize them a lot, and they're going to be going in and out. And honestly, you know. We like their skill players in Washington, but the best skill players are the two running backs, Logan Thomas, then you have Terry McLaurin, and Deami Brown, the rookie, until Curtis Samuel comes back, and we're not even sure when Curtis Samuel's really going to be available. So right now, like those two pass-catching running backs are better pass-catchers than the guys they have available. So I could see McKissick having a massive role over the next three or four weeks. So... If you're in, in a spot where you need a running back, I would be looking at J.D. McKissick as your top option. Okay. So moving on to the yeah. next guy. I think we talked about him last week. Christian Kirk. That's not who I was going to bring up. One okay. question. I know we're going to talk about it. I know he's on your list. J.D. McKissick or Cordero Patterson? J.D. McKissick. Because, a lo- well, okay. If you're in one of those leagues where Cordero Patterson is a running back wide receiver, I would go Cordero Patterson. But if he's just strictly running back or wide receiver, then I would go McKissick because I think he has a little more upside if you can start him at the receiver spot. You know, I I don't, again, so many leagues are different. Our league, he's got both. So if you want to roster him, you have to drop a running back and a wide receiver and then have an empty bench spot. So it's hard to have him in our league. You know, so... Basically, depending on the situation, but I think McKissick still has a he has less upside than Patterson. But again, like he's probably easier to roster, and you're going to be able to utilize him better. I think. Okay. Anyways, Christian Kirk. I think we talked about him last week. Still only rostered in 34 percent of ESPN fantasy leagues. He's basically averaging five targets and 70 yards. I mean, that's that's if you're in a PPR league, that's 12 points. If you're in a deep PPR, 12 points out of your wide receiver or a flex is pretty important, especially a guy that does have a nose for the end zone. He tends to get touchdowns. That's a guy that Kyler Murray likes to go to over the top. Same thing with Rondell Moore, but Christian Kirk is, if Rondell Moore is going to break out, Christian Kirk is going to be getting less attention from the defense, and that's a guy that Kyler Murray has a really good connection with. So Christian Kirk definitely needs to be rostered in at least 60% of these leagues, in my opinion. So you have said so far two... Cardinals receivers which one is the primary option is it Rondale I think it's Christian at least the problem with Rondale Moore is he's so small and he's a rookie I still think that Kirk has been a really reliable player for Kyler Murray they have a good connection and like I think when Rondale's on the field defenses are going to start paying more attention to him and that's going to be his problem like a lot of his yards came off of one play where he got wide open because the defense lost him. If he starts doing that, they're going to be paying attention to him. So Kirk's already gotten that attention. That guy we have seen be able to have success with that. So 
I think that success will continue. He's been a solid receiver for three seasons now. So the fact that he's not rostered is just ridiculous in my opinion. Okay. The next guy is KJ Osborne. And I know you and I differ on this one. He's available in 98% of ESPN leagues. He has had nine targets and six targets through the first two weeks. He's averaging roughly 80 yards. He's been a hot topic. He's kind of a third receiver for the for the Vikings. I personally am kind of out. I'm not sure about him yet. I need another week. What is your take on it? I have not picked him up in any league. I'm not trying to pick him up in any league. Oh, except for the Dynasty League that I, I picked him up in. But that's about it. I don't like the third option, option in a, a Vikings receiving core. It's just not something I'm very fond of when they have Dalvin Cook, Justin Jefferson, and Adam Thielen. Sure, I mean, I guess he had a great week too. It's still not anything I would ever start. I wouldn't race to wa- race to wa- roster spot on it. There's not even somebody I could say that is rostered right now that I might say, let me drop for, for KJ. It's just not something I'm interested in. The one thing I can say about him is they don't really have a tight end option. And if he's going to get basically the targets that a tight end would have gotten, then I can understand it. But he's come out of nowhere a little bit. I mean, he was a fifth-round pick, but he has come out of nowhere this season. And through two weeks, they've played two defenses that are really, really bad. And they're going to play another one this week. So you might have another big game this week. But after this week, things kind of get tougher for the Vikings offense as far as the defenses they're going to be facing. So... I'm not really sure what to do with him, but personally, I would not be rostering him. I would not be wasting a waiver claim on him. I agree. We already talked about Corderell Patterson, but only rostered in 14% of ESPN Fantasy Leagues. He's averaging about 11 touches per game and a touchdown and about 80 yards. If it's PPR, he's getting like five catches. That's another five points. I think you got to pick him up. I think if you're in a pinch, you should... Have him on your team. I need another week. I okay, might not. That's fair. I might not have another week. That's that's the thing. But it's it's just so hard for Cordell Patterson to get heavy involvement in an offense when they have Mike Davis, they have Calvin Ridley, they have Kyle Pitts, and it's the Atlanta Falcons. I'm not out on Cordell Patterson. It, I need one more week. And if I don't have that week, if it was either this week or I'm too late, then, oh, no, it sucks to be me, but I'm not. I don't think Cordero Patterson is going to be like a game changer in any any leagues unless you are, like, deep, deep leagues where and he can start. If he can start at the running back wide receiver and you don't have any limits, then, yes, go pick him up. But for me, he's just not a an option for me I, I'm, I'm not out but I need one more one more sample in the offense for me to know 100% if he's if he's legit so if you were watching red zone or if you were just watching the Panthers game this week you saw a guy flashing your screen by the name of Brandon Zilstra he is owned in less than 0.1% of ESPN fantasy and it should stay that way <laughs> and yeah absolutely do not be wasting a claim on this he had like two touchdowns right he had one he had one. I thought he had two. Oh no, he had he had one touchdown, and then I think he had like a pretty big breakaway play, and it was like, oh, Sam Darnold found a new weapon here. But 
yeah, I know that sometimes you can look at the waiver wire and see, whoa, this guy had 16 points. Yeah, no, no, no. His, he had three targets, three receptions for 44 yards and a touchdown. Yeah, one of those was like a 20-yarder or something, and it was like, whoa, who's this guy? And No, just stay away. Don't get sucked into that. That's pretty fluky. If I'm wrong on that, I'll I'll admit it next week, but I don't expect not gonna be wrong. Brandon Silstra to be going off. But we did we were watching Red Zone and we're like, who the hell is this guy? Like, can't you throw to DJ Moore? Wouldn't it be nice if you could do that for us? Or Sam just throw Donald? it to Christian McCaffrey. Yeah, just anybody, do that. Listen, I have Sam Donald as my backup quarterback in a couple leagues, so anybody he wants to throw to, I'm fine with. Totally, totally fine with it. Did you have anything else before we jumped into our stardoms and sitems? I don't think so. All right. You want to go stardom or sitem first? Let's go sitem. I only have one. Okay, I have two, so you can go first. It's the entirety of the Dolphins' offense. I like it. Maybe minus Miles Gaskin. You, you... I, w- I would be sitting Miles Gaskin. Yeah? Yes. Okay. Every single Dolphins wide receiver I am out on. I'm not starting a single one. There's one that I want to bring up. Garrett, do you recall earlier when I had mentioned trade away a player, try to get as much as you can for him because he's just not going to be anything? I do remember that. Devontae Parker is the one player in the league right now that if you have him, you should be trying to get whatever you can for him. And here's why. If you are touchdown reliant in fantasy football, you are not a viable fantasy option. Especially if your name is Devontae Parker and you're posting... Wide receiver numbers, wide receiver three numbers in 69% of your games since 2017, and your starting quarterback just went out. And Jacoby Brissett being the starter with Wolf Fuller and Jalen Waddell and Mike Kosicki and Miles Gaskin in that offense, being touchdown reliant, not fantasy viable, not something I'd ever be interested in, and something that I'm trying to trade away. And if it keeps up at this rate, it might be end up becoming a cut candidate. Okay, so you mentioned Miles Gaskin. I just I want to bring this up. If you bought in the Miles Gaskin stock, yeah, I'm I'm sorry. So in the first week, he had nine attempts and five uh, receptions on five targets. He totaled a grand total of 70 yards in that game. I'm sorry, 76 yards in that game. Okay, they were winning in that game, and he still only had nine rushing attempts on five targets. Then, last week, in a game where their quarterback went out, He only had five rushing attempts. Clearly not enough attempts for a number one running back and not a player that you should have any stock in, especially against a team like the Bills that did struggle to stop the run a few times last year. Miles Gaskin is not a starter. If you have Miles Gaskin, get what you can for him. I would be out. I think... Shelvin Ahmed is taking touches away from him. I think Malcolm Brown. Well, I don't know about all it's, that. It's not enough touches, but him and Malcolm Brown and the fact that they have all of these receiving options, like they do have a lot of receiving options. They have the Albert Wilson. They have Devontae Parker. They have Jalen Waddell. They have Mike Kosicki. Will Fuller is going to come back. Like they have so many options and it's a bad offense. Like it's not a productive offense that we've seen at all. Miles Gaskin doesn't have enough value to be a starter at all, in my opinion. Yeah. I I mean if he's your if he's your flex, 
in a two flex? I wouldn't even have him as a flex. No, you'd nope. start a risky receiver over. I him? would rather start a risky receiver because it just doesn't seem like a is he going to be able to get the touchdowns, and b is he going to get the touches? Like, I understand that they were kind of blown out of the game really quickly, but it was still only fourteen nothing. You know they had the ball in the second quarter for basically eighty percent of the time. They had the ball 80% of the time in the second quarter, and he only got five attempts. They were only down 14-0. You're only down 14-0. You still have an opportunity to run the football or get your back out in space, and they couldn't do that. So for me, I don't think he's going to be utilized enough. I would be trying to cut cut bait on Miles Gaskin. Basically the entirety of the Dolphins' offense. Uh, minus Jalen Waddell, Kisicki, and maybe Will Fuller, but we don't even know how that's going to go. Yeah, we're not even... Will Fuller is... I mean, he could fall down the stairs tomorrow and be gone for eight weeks, so who knows about him. For my first sit I have a player that I actually just traded for. I have Mike Evans against the Rams this week, mainly because I'm assuming Jalen Ramsey's going to be taking him. I... You can still start Mike Evans. for you. <laughs> that's okay. You just I, traded for No, I, but that's okay. I mean, I, I accept that, you know. I'm still going to start Mike Evans... Because he might just end up getting a touchdown and, you know, he's pretty good in the red zone. But if Jalen, if you're worried about Jalen Ramsey and you have some other options at wide receiver, I would look to those other options. See if you can find a better matchup because Jalen Ramsey and Mike Evans. Last year when the when the Rams played the Bucks, Mike Evans was held to two catches, 30 yards, and no touchdowns. Like, that's a rough night for Mike Evans. And especially a guy that's, you know, a big play guy, Jalen Ramsey takes away the big play. So if you are worried about Mike Evans, I would st- I would sit him. Are you fading Antonio Brown into your lineups? Or is he kind of just a... I would be. Yeah. I would, yeah, what I've seen with the Rams defense, and we talked about it yesterday on the podcast, is they're giving up a lot of underneath stuff into the slot. So I would be starting Antonio Brown if I had him. I definitely would be. Okay. Um, my other sit-him is Joe Mixon. Listen, I'm not a Joe Mixon believer. I haven't been basically since his train, rookie year. Bud? No, I'm not getting on that train. That train has left the station. It's delivered all of its passengers. It's sitting. It's getting ready to be refueled, and I'm still not. Oh no, I'm it. still on that train. I haven't been delivered yet. I look. It's Joe Mixon. I get it. I I, I agree with you. He's a sit this week, a sit candidate this week, which it's hard to be because you probably drafted as him as maybe your running back one. No, he's an RB two. Well, I, I feel I'm like a draft. If no, because if mean, you got if you drafted him, you probably got him as an RB two. No, well, I, I think. mean. He, yes, for the most part, if you have him, he could have been a running back too. But if you drafted Tyree Kill in the first round and then Joe Mixon was just there when you came through, it's tough because you drafted him so high. But the Steelers' defense is legit. They might not have TJ Watt, but that really doesn't change much for me. But you need to get on this Joe Mixon train, bud. Yeah, um, not this week. Definitely not this week. I I think they're just going to struggle to run the football against against Pittsburgh. I mean, I, Pittsburgh really hasn't played a great running back yet, but, I mean, their front seven is really good. And Cincinnati, to me, is going to get decimated by their pass rush, it's, assuming T.J. Watt can go, which we're not sure about that yet. But, like, if Pittsburgh's pass rush is there, Cincinnati's going to struggle to block. Their line is really bad. It's bad. Joe Burrow is, I mean, just under duress the entire game. I'm not starting Joe Mixon at all. Oh, okay. Uh, listen, if you want me to hop on, I'll get on in three weeks when he puts together three consecutive, consistent performances against legitimate teams. But I'm not getting on this week. Not against Pittsburgh. No way. 
right. Uh, stardoms now? I will kick it off with the stardoms. I have Sterling Shepard. He's a must. He's been the top receiver for the Giants both weeks. He, they've targeted him the most. And they're going up against the Falcons, who just gave up God knows how many yards and touchdowns against Tampa and Philly in the first two weeks. Sterling Shepard's got to be a starter for you. Yeah. Yeah, I said that hesitantly because it is a Giants wide receiver. If you look at Daniel Jones's numbers, he's basically been the second best passer in the NFL first two weeks. His passer rating is number two in the league behind Tom Brady. I understand. So if you want to dispute me on an actual fact, you can. It's but. funny to hear. Hey, facts don't matter. It's only my feelings. I. It's just funny to hear that Daniel Jones is the second most consistent and best passer in the NFL. It's just very laughable statistic. But stats don't lie. I'll agree with you. Who do, who do the Giants have this week? Atlanta. Okay, yeah. Yeah, I mean, come on. That's like an easy 12 points. Yeah. Are you hoping for a Saquon bounce back, too? Is this the week that we finally see? It probably is. I mean, their run de- Atlanta's run defense is kind of frisky. Like, Grady Jarrett up front, Deion Jones. Like, they're, they're kind of solid up front in the seven, and they don't give up a ton of yards on the ground, but that's because everybody's trying to throw on them. Like, if you go in that game and you're not trying to throw it 45 times, you're insane. I, I would be throwing it almost every down against Atlanta. You know, I just would. Their pass defense is horrible. It's it's horrendous. Okay. Uh, my first stardom is Sam Darnold. The QB 13 in fantasy, averaging 19 points a game with Christian McCaffrey, DJ Moore, and Robbie Anderson around him against the Texans on Thursday night. I think he has high or uh, low QB 1 upside and high QB 2 upside. It's just he has been... So good on the Panthers. The Adam Gase effect is done. It's over with. He's not seeing ghosts anymore. I just I don't know what they did down there in Carolina to help him out, but it, it helped them for the best, and I don't see him slowing down anytime soon. So it's a it's a if he's on your waivers and your quarterback has a very bad matchup, Sam Donald is a very viable option this week. I will jump into my number two as well right afterwards. It is Juju Smith-Schuster, and it might sound obvious because of where he was Oh, yes. Yes, Juju. Let's go. It might sound obvious, but his stats have been less than exciting through the first two weeks. He's had 10 receptions on 15 targets for only 93 yards, and the only reason he is ranked high in wide receivers right now is because of a one-yard rushing touchdown last week that he took away from Najee Harris. With Deontay Johnson set to not be 100%, his targets need to go somewhere, and I don't see him going to the deep threat and chase Claypool. So I see them going to either Pat Fryermuth or Juju. And I see Juju having 10-plus targets in week three against the Bengals. My second stardom is Mike Williams. And he's probably already a starter for you, but if he's not a starter for you, you should be starting him against the Kansas City defense. That I don't know how many times I watched Hollywood Brown run wide open down the middle of the field uncovered, but... It was a lot, and Justin Herbert can actually make that throw where Lamar Jackson can't make that throw, and that's going to be a shootout. I mean, it's that, that game is just going to be a shootout. Mike Williams has been pretty good this year. He's been very solid. we finally gotten Mike Williams, the guy that was drafted number seven overall. I would be starting Mike Williams over a lot of guys. Where's he fall on rosters? Wide receiver two? Yeah, he's a wide receiver two. He's a, I mean, he's not a wide receiver one. Wide receiver one is reserved for... I mean, when we talked about it the other day, like we got down to it, and it's like, oh my God, Terry McLaurin is actually like like the fifteenth best receiver in football. So there's a lot of guys he has to pass. 
before you get up to that number. But as a wide receiver, too, like that's where he is. You know, he he belongs in that category. He's firmly in the wide receiver two position. I, you can't argue it either. He's had seven seven receptions both games, two a touchdown in both games, and, and about eighty yards in both games. Yeah. Also, it, he he's been really consistent. He's Herbert's number two option, and it's it's Keenan Allen, and then a slight step down is is Mike Williams. It's I want as many pieces of that Chargers offense as I can. Well, someone that has two pieces of it, it's it hasn't clicked yet. I think it's going to click. It's going at some point to. here. I love it. I think it's he's Herbert is so good to watch. He's incredible. We talked about him yesterday. If if you want to hear us stroke uh, stroke uh, Justin Herbert a little bit, we talked about him for a good chunk of time yesterday. Go check it out. It was just that offense is going to break up a lot of teams' defenses by week six, and then it's going to be smooth rolling all throughout. And I want as many pieces as I can. Go trade for Keenan Allen. Go trade for Mike Williams, Austin Eckler, Justin Herbert. Do as much as you can. Not Jared Cook. Everybody else. Yeah, I think you covered it. Yeah. Uh, do you have anything else to add to the podcast today? No. Again, don't overreact after week one and week two. Don't go trading away your players. Don't go trading for players that had great breakouts in week two. Kind of just let yourself roll. Let your team build a little bit. Go on the waivers. Pick up the players that we had mentioned today. Make fair trades. Make fair trades that help you help. Maybe not help your opponent, but help you a little bit more. And then win your leagues. We love to hear it. We want to hear how everybody else does. Obviously, we have a couple of leagues amongst ourselves. And then, oh, again, follow us on Twitter. Garrett had just tweeted at Austin Eckler because he won with Austin Eckler this week. and you get a free jersey. That's at Highly Undisputed. That's Highly Undisputed without the E. And then... um. Uh, follow our socials, our individuals, which are in the bio. Send us emails at highlyundisputed247 at gmail.com. And we will get back to you. Any questions you have, they're there for you guys. And we will see you guys next week.